I'm your host, Jeff Dawson, for another episode of Dawson's Domain, where we cover the spectrum of life's pressing issues and events, from politics to relationships, sports to horror, alternative history to poetry, humor to baseball coaching, and everything in between. Good afternoon, Jeff Dustin from Park Cloudy and Warm, Dallas, Texas, on Labor Day weekend 2022. The temperature is just perfect. In fact, I did my two-mile walk at noon, and I'm still sweating like a pig. But it was perfect, absolutely perfect weather. Anybody who's complaining about this weather just needs to be shot. There is nothing wrong with it. This is actually mild from what we're used to. I remember when I was in college, I lived in an unair conditioned dorm. And as a freshman, my best friend and I, Mike Paling, wound up with a corner room, which that's not supposed to happen. But, you know, upperclassmen are supposed to get those. Well, nobody claimed it. So we got it. Pissed off a lot of people. Wham, wham, wham. <clears throat> but since we had two windows, we could run two fans. We got through the first two weeks of September, and after that, it was a breeze. It was nice. So days like this, I think about that. It was no big deal. But, you know, how many people went whining back in July when it was 100? Wham, wham, wham. Good Lord. I just don't understand it. Just get over it. It's Texas. It's Oklahoma. You know, it gets hot here in the summer. This was not a bad summer. Hell, it's rained in August. We got 12 to 14 inches of rain, which is just a bit tad too much in a 24-hour period. But uh, when it rains in Texas in August, you know we're going to have a fun winter. But according to the Almanac, which I looked up, now it is going to be cold. Mid-November to the end, mid-December to the end, mid-January to the end. They didn't really talk about February, which is usually our most brutal month. But the snow line, from what they said, is going to be typical. It's going to be from Denton, McKinney, that line there, north. Doesn't mean it won't work its way down and infect us a little. But, uh, and this was a nice summer. The pool was warm for a while. It isn't right now. Those temperatures get down in the 70s at night, and it takes a lot to heat up 35,000 gallons of water. But that's irrelevant. It's just a perfect day in Texas for Labor Day weekend. If you're at the lake, be safe, be careful, enjoy it. We don't need to read any reports of drownings. Those are always very disturbing to say the least all right if you want to call in the number is 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831 i'll repeat that again 888-627-6008 or 744-4831 
and you can listen to it on iHeartRadio at 631-359-9353. Subscribers, it's up to you listeners. We need more subscribers. It goes from $2.99 to $49.99. The difference is what you think the content is worth. That's it. You don't get a gold star. You don't get a participation trophy. It's just what you think it's worth. So tell your friends, tell your outlaws, your in-laws that you really like this guy's content, even though he can be an ass at times. And we'll get into that from last last night at Dunstan's. But uh, you guys push the show. We always need more subscribers. And if you're running a business with employees and you need some management training, I've written a book called Cutting to the Chase. Originally, it was called Do Your Damn Job, but I'm sure that offended a few people because, oh, he actually wants me to work. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. That's what you're paid to do. That's what my boss has expected. That's what I expected out of the people that I hired. It's really not that bizarre of a concept, but uh, oh, we might hurt somebody's feelings. Well, wham, 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 suck it up. You're not there for the social hour. You're there to work and get your job done and do it to the best of your capability. And if you make a mistake, raise your hand and admit it. Don't blame it on somebody else. I've seen way too much of that in construction. Be like a paving operator putting down concrete. And uh, I actually saw this happen. Forgot to hook the sensors up. So the damn machine's just going up and down, up and down. They couldn't figure out what the problem was. No, they weren't hooked up. Well, whose fault was that? And he tried to blame somebody else. And it's like, uh, no. Isn't your job to make sure the machine is operating properly before you get it lined up and that concrete starts falling in front of it? Uh, duh, yeah. Or the guy I had on 635 where the foreman called in and said, you need to come out to the job site. Why? Oh, we got a problem. What? Just come out here. <clears throat> this was a, I think it was a 245 Traco. And the foreman goes, Look at it. Okay, I'm looking at it. What am I supposed to see? He said, well, get in the operator's cab and look to your left. So I got in the cab and looked. Oh, Jesus Christ. There was a crack almost all the way through the boom. I mean, almost all the way through. It was maybe had a foot to go. <clears throat> and if that thing would have broken while they were working, and that could have killed two to three people. I looked at the operator and said, is your head just up your ass every day you wake up? And he looked, well, what are you supposed to do every morning? Aren't you supposed to check all the fluids, inspect the equipment to make sure it's properly working? Obviously, you didn't do that. Oh, I still wanted to fire his ass, but my boss wouldn't let me. It was just be accountable. You see a problem, step up. Admit to it, just like we had a brand new boring machine out on 635. And I was out there with guys. And when you're boring, there's water, there's mud. And we were in rock, so it was quite a mess. And you've got these pissant little augers that are supposed to hold the machine in place. 
and barren. They, they couldn't get a bite in the rock. And very slowly, that machine was going backwards. Now, remember, this is brand new. And I just happened to look to my left. And it's like, oh, shit. The guard for that has the chain where the pipe is fed in was getting bent. He, the, uh, the machine had hit the back of the wall because we had to cut into it so we could get the machine in there. And I said, whoa, Ricky, stop, stop. And he goes, whoa. I said, look. And it was bent. <clears throat> Didn't damage it. It just was upsetting. This is a brand new machine. Now, I didn't fill out a uh, accident report. I was kind of new to the job, but uh, I just said, keep keep working, and they did. Well, then I get a call from the shop about a day or two later, and uh, they start chewing me out, and they wanted to blame the operator. I said, no, I was out there the whole time. Well, why didn't you do this? I said, because I forgot, but I'll take the blame because I was there with them. And the discussion, they were like, really? And I said, really? He's putting in pipe. He's not looking behind him the whole time. We thought the machine was anchored, and it wasn't, okay? It happened. But don't blame him. I mean, if I wouldn't have been standing there watching, that machine really would have been screwed up. We'd have probably bent that guard 90 degrees, and then it wouldn't have worked. Well, we stopped it in time. We got what we needed done. The damage is minor, and it's my responsibility. Okay, and that's what I teach in my summers. And that's what's in the book. I mean, I take 35 years to condense it down to 109 pages of management techniques that work. Are they brutal? Yes. Are they short and succinct? Yes. Do they get to the point? Yes. My internet connection better not be unstable. There you go. So, and I don't charge an arm and a leg. I've seen some of the prices people charge, 50000 100 And when it's all said and done, what'd you learn? Not a damn thing. With me, you're going to learn a lot in a very short period of time. And that's the way I like it. Just like holding meetings. I hated long meetings because research has shown after about 15 minutes, you've lost everybody. So you better get in there and hit them hard and keep hitting them to keep their attention. You've got to keep people involved, just like when I coach baseball. And I've seen this time and time again. That's why I wrote my coaching books. I have two of them on baseball, literally from high school, the fundamentals of coaching. It's not that hard, but you've got to keep everyone engaged, especially at the little league level, the junior high level, because their little minds will wander all over the place. So you got to keep everyone engaged and involved, and there are ways to do it. But I've seen so many practices where half the kids are just standing around sucking their thumbs or playing in the daisies or something, which tells me they're not involved. Well, you got to be involved. You got to keep them involved. And as a coach, that's what we're supposed to do. Damn it. Can't get that quite right. Yeah, I guess that'll work. All right. Uh, Herbalife. Like I said, I did my walk and I did my shake. And I do this every day. 
I like the cookies and cream. And this costs about $1.50 a day. That's it. It's got 14 grams of protein in it. And I am feeling better. I've been doing this now for about a year and walking. Damn it. Yeah, that's better. It's good stuff and it's affordable. And they have a lot of other products, but I'm not going to go into those. But every day I do a shake. Got a little almond bar. I want a snack. So I'm not eating potato chips and soda pop and all that. And the thing that I really like about Herbalife is it takes away that sugar craving. And I've actually got some of the gals starting to use their shampoo, the berry scrub, the conditioner, and the mint mask because they think Herbalife is just about nutrition. Well, it's internally and external nutrition, if you want to call the external that, but I use the stuff because it does help. Even at 62, I still have skin issues on my face, and this stuff gets that, especially the mint mask. It pulls all that oil out, and that's a good thing. So if you're interested, you can give me a shout on that, or you can go to my site, which is Jeff dash Dawson period go Herbalife period com slash E N dash U S. And if you can get all that, that's not showing up too well. Well, hell you might be able to read that. I need a better light in this room. It's good stuff. It's affordable. And you don't have to talk to me unless you have a question on a product. Just go on that site, order what you want. I get notified. I let you in, and you don't have to talk to me. And for a lot of people, that would probably be a blessing. Okay. Dunstan's. What a joyous evening it was. And I had forgotten, but it was Patty and Jerry Berry's 77th wedding anniversary. If you recall, they had a real big blowout for 75. And my good friend, Barish, who passed last December, he got to meet them and just had a wonderful time. It was in a whole lot of the pictures, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And Doug, <coughs> Doug showed up and a surprise visit from Kay, Dale, and Stacy. And, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out which one's more irritating, Stacy or Patty. It's really a toss-up after last night. But, uh, especially, you'd have thought there was fire ants crawling up Patty's leg. She was highly disturbed this fly would invade she and her honey's space. That's just not right. And uh, so it landed on her hand, and she was telling her, honey, and he said, I'm not going to hit your hand, crazy woman. Well, I couldn't pass it up. And I looked at her, I said, it's on your hair. Now, 
think of the three stooges when Mo is popping and knocking Larry and Curly and Shemp, all of them. And what did she do? She leaned over, took my napkin and popped her on the head. Do you think the fly was there? Absolutely not. But I just wanted to see if she'd fall for it. And she did. And when she realized what she'd done, she's like, you son of a bitch. I can't believe. Why are you so mean to me? But then she had to tell on herself. Everyone that came in, she had to tell them what I'd done. And uh, she didn't realize it messed her hair up. If she would have, she'd probably just wrung my neck dry. But uh, <clears throat> Jerry just shook his head when she leaned over. He knew what was coming. He knew I was lying. And everyone she told the story to, they're like, you know he lies, don't you? She's like, well, I thought my brother would be nice for a change. It was a good time. So how is it that uh, she and Stacy rivaled? Well, Stacy kept trying to get me with Trump, Trump, Trump. And it's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'll tell you right now, and I got Jerry on board with it, is we don't want him in 24. We need someone like DeSantis that's young, that can carry the Republican Party for the next two, three, and four elections. Not a one and done. That's all it will be. If Trump win, runs and wins, he's a lame duck. We hear this. George Jr. was a lame duck. Clinton, Obama, that second term, if the Congress flips, they don't have to do a damn thing. How many times have we seen that where they don't do anything especially in the last two years of that presidency. Of course, one of the worst things Junior did was no child left behind. <clears throat> and every teacher I talked to hated that policy with a passion because they, the teachers were being penalized for kids like me that just couldn't figure it out. I mean, if I'd have been to school during no child left behind, I'd probably still be in high school trying to figure it out. I was not a stellar student by any stretch of the imagination. I don't have a problem admitting that. I just didn't care. And that's what Debbie said one day. Debbie was the straight A student. When she was a senior, she missed valedictorian. I think she said like by one point or something. And I said, you know, you're a straight A student. You're highly intelligent. Why the hell are you dating me? And she said, because you thought okay, then what do you think my problem was in school? She goes, you just didn't learn to play the game because if it didn't interest you, you didn't care. And she was right. I didn't. And I didn't figure that out until I got to college. On quit making it hard. Just do the work. Pull your head out. And you might actually pass. And when I did apply myself, I did pretty good. And when I had relationship issues, it was another train disaster. My God, I've looked at my transcript and it's like, this is worse than a roller coaster coming off the wheels. I could see every semester I had a problem in a relationship. And I remember one year actually made the uh, Dean's Honor Roll with the B average. And I got the letter in the mail. And then the next day I got a letter from Oklahoma State that said, 
I was not eligible to attend next semester. And that kind of summed up my college years or my education per se. <clears throat> so you're rewarded for making the dean's list, but you can't come back next semester. And I just showed the letters to my dad and said, I really don't give a shit. I'll just go poor. Con- oh, no, no, no. We're not doing that, son. No, no, no. I said, well, then you clean this up because I don't care. Obviously, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. He was like, yeah. And he got with the deans and he talked to them. And uh, they let me back. And there was not great rejoicing, but that's another story for another time. But it was a great time last night. And I loved talking to Kay. Oh, good Lord. That woman knows baseball. I mean, we were watching that disastrous exhibition in Boston last night, which was just to be kind, just but ugly. Good Lord. Could the Rangers be worse? Well, probably. We got five weeks to see if they can uh, keep matching this pathetic performance. But uh, she and Dale, man, they were focused on the game. Yeah, they were listening to some of the conversations, but uh, they were more interested in watching the game and talking about it. And that was so nice because it is, you just don't find people like that that really want to talk about the game. But we talked through the game. We talked about the players. We talked about the history. Oh, it was wonderful. And every once in a while, Patty would pop off. So I said, well, you just stay on your side of the table. Just stay on your side of the table. We have this well in hand over here. And Doug just sat there watching the tennis match, just laughing at uh, the exchanges I would have with Patty and Stacy. Because every once in a while, you could hear Stacy kind of whispering something to Patty. It's like, okay, she's going to try and piss me off. And it ain't going to work. And I would just stop it before it started. And there was great rejoicing. But what a fun night. What a fun night at Dunstan's. Doesn't get any better. But, yeah, that that fly is going to be a while. I I thought when Patty tried to hit me with a napkin and missed and wound up spilling her drink on me, couldn't be topped. Well, it was topped last night. But, uh, sister, adopted sister, I still love you because you provide your – partially removed disbanded brother a lot of entertainment and amusement irritating commercials yeah i don't have a book review and i don't have any poetry today because i wasn't sure how long the show would go but it will be going over an hour and this will probably be the last time that happens for a while but if we can get some more subscribers and y'all buy more books than i've written we can get to our time slot. Not sure what day it would be, but uh, we can get it to our time slot. But we got to have the participation and the funds, and we can make this thing rock, especially since we're getting into the election years and the playoffs. I mean, not election years, but election season. You know, when it comes to irritating commercials, 
Progressive and Liberty Mutual, they, they still take the cake. They've got some of the dumb, well, the dumbest ones. What they got one now with a pie eating contest and the birds attack the contestants. What the hell is that? Is Alfred Hitchcock coming back from the dead and refilming birds? Does that really want to make you buy insurance? And John Hand trying to hook up with Flo, does that make you want to buy insurance? If it does, you're a dumbass. Really? I mean, who is it? Uh, it's not State Farm. Oh, Allstate. Those are entertaining and amusing commercials. Mayhem, you got to love that. If you don't have the right insurance, you'll be paying for this. But I'm really trying to figure out this, this one they've got where he's on the exercise bike. Uh, I used to ride one of those. And for that to come off the wheels and go through a pane glass window, man. You must be on some really good drugs. Really good drugs. But all the others, you know, the guy running to the back of the garbage truck and all that, those have a shop. But if you've shopped around, you know, Allstate's not cheap. Never has been, never will be. I mean, my dad had it for years. But if there was a claim, there was no bitching and moaning or Hooting and hollering. Dad called the agent. He came over. <clears throat> and they took care of it. But it comes with a cost. Okay. And Car Shield. My God. How many commercials do we need on Car Shield warranties? But you really got to listen to what they're saying because they only go up to 150,000 miles. That's it. So when I hear them talking about well i had an old car well you must not have driven it much if it's that old it's iced tea and his buddy his bro whatever the hell you want to call it well i got this old car okay well then if it's that old you obviously didn't drive it if you're still covered under car shield but, you know, when you look at all these commercials, which are just back to back to back to back to back to back to back, it's just insanity. If they quit running those commercials, you think they'd lose a lot of customers? There for a while, Safeco was trying to compete with them, but they've tailed off. They're still in business. How much would your premiums go down if they didn't weren't spending all this money on ads? It's like the book that one day I might do the price of number one. What is it costing the consumer for these guys to get these ridiculous contracts? 32, 35, 50 million a year. We're paying for that. And because what I would do is analyze like the cost of beer before free agency and chips and now what do they cost? Forget the current inflation that Joe Biden says we're not having. What a dumbass. Hell, Walter's smarter than him. Um, and if you don't watch sports, you're still paying for it. You go out and buy a Toyota, a Lexus, any vehicle, you're paying for those guys' salaries because they are paying to advertise with the networks and the networks are charging them an exorbitant amount of money and they're passing it on to us.
you know, Nike, you buy Nike, you're paying those salaries. You know, what people will focus on is the child labor in uh, Southeast Asia, where all these shoes are being made. Being made. I mean, the last one was LeBron James, and how much these kids are made are paid an hour, and blah blah blah, and what the shoes are selling for. Well, you got to throw in that marketing money too, because that's a big chunk of that hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars that you're paying to get one pair of shoes that might last you a year. Two, if it's a push. But one day I just might do that. Okay. Lawsuits. My God. You know, ever since Trump got in office, all we heard about were lawsuits. Who the hell is paying for all this? Now, Trump has got to pay his lawyers. Okay. But who is flipping the bill for the government's lawyers. We are. Not that it matters since we're $30 trillion in debt and counting, despite what that bumbling bozo, bonehead, bumbling moron says, we're paying for all of these legal fees. And these attorneys know it. And they don't care because the government's going to cut them a check. They're probably paying, charging five to 750 an hour for what? Nothing. Absolutely. And what are we getting? Nothing. Nothing is coming out of any of these investigations. The January 6th hearing is just how many tens of millions, if not hundreds, are they up to? This reminds me of the Brett Starr an eight-year investigation into the Clintons and produced what? Nothing. Absolutely not a fucking thing. Nothing. So who's making all the money in D.C.? The lawyers. Who's hiring these lawyers? What butt buddy club are they a member of? And what do they produce? Nothing but paper. And what are the results? Nothing. But look at their bank accounts. They're overflowing. It's just like, you know, we're seeing now about Camp Lejeune, <clears throat> 30 years of contaminated water. My God, how many Marines served at Camp Lejeune in 30 years? Now, normally, that would break the bank. But not if we keep printing money. And all these lawyers that are jumping onto it now, you don't pay a dime unless we get paid. Well, it's like that guy, and I forgot the network that did the story about 15 years ago. Remember those Social Security commercials we used to see back then? That if you're not getting what you think, then call me and I'll get it for you. You know what his fee was? A million dollars. So if you got an extra 100 to $200 a month on your Social Security check, he was getting a million dollars if he won the case. And the government agreed to it. What the hell is this? And I remember they interviewed him. I think he was out of Tennessee or Kentucky. And needless to say, 
he was not interested in an interview. And it had to have been someone like Geraldo or I think it was 60 Minutes that did the story. Man, he wanted nothing to do with them. It's like, it's none of your damn business how I make my money and go away. And they were like, well, don't you think you're fleecing the American public? And he says, it's none of your damn business how I make my money and go away. You're not supposed to be on my property anyway. I didn't give you permission. Take your cameras and get the hell out. And that was the end of his interview. But I see these Camp Lejeune commercials, and that's all this is. The people that need the money aren't going to get the money because the lawyers are going to take probably 50 to 60% of it. You're the one with the cancer. You're the one that suffered. You're the one paying for it. So why did they get 60%? How come those people aren't getting 80% and the lawyers 20%? Well, because they can do whatever the hell they want to, and a judge isn't going to stop them. You want to reform something in America? reform the legal system and how lawyers get paid. If you've ever been in a lawsuit, <clears throat> you get to that last page and it talks about reasonable fees. What's a reasonable fee? And how many times have you heard of an attorney's bill being turned down and that you have to resubmit? Well, in all the cases I've been in, zero. Because the judge was a lawyer. I mean, you want to talk about the Ponzi scheme boys club, it's the lawyers. And they don't give a damn about their politics. They all know we're going to make money come hell or high water. And the judge is going to approve it. What type of shit is that? You know, Joe, you want to get into pay your fair share. Well, let's look at all these attorneys. Why don't you charge a reasonable fee? But then in today's world, we would have to define the word reasonable. I mean, I understand that if you want the best, you're going to pay for it. Just like any business, you want a home built, you want a road built. You're going to pay for it. If you want it on the car fixed, if you want it on the cheap, well, you're going to get the cheap. If you want premium, you're going to get premium. There has to be a limit to what's acceptable. And I don't see anything acceptable in D.C. right now. I don't give a damn which side of the aisle you're on. There is nothing that's acceptable. Other than these people are fleecing us to support their lavish lifestyles. Makes sense to me, doesn't it? No, it does not. All right. Now, this next topic, I have talked about it many times on the 2020 election. And a lot of my conservative friends, you know, the election was stolen. Well, we can't prove that. But these numbers are very eye-opening. And when it comes down to it, if we don't see these type of numbers again, then, once again, that's more fuel to the fire, but let me just get into them. On the 2020 election, this is the percentage of registered voters that voted in these states. Georgia, 65. Pennsylvania, 
88. Wisconsin, 88. Arizona, 78. Michigan, 68. And Nevada, 86. You really believe that many registered voters came out? Do your own research. Don't listen to me, per se, or just take what I say at face value and say, he knows his shit, which he does. But do your own research. Go back and look at 16 and 12. I did this a long time ago. 8, 4, 2000. 96, 92, 88, 84, 80. Go back and see how many Americans actually voted in the general election for the presidency, the Senate, and the House. Look at those numbers and look at the population of the United States. Because by these numbers and by what we saw, 75 million for Trump, 81 for Biden, that means almost half of the people in the United States voted. That has never happened. Never, ever, not even close. But if these numbers don't hold, come these midterms, and I've got midterm numbers, and especially 2024, where'd everybody go? Even with all of the illegal illegal immigrants, because that's what they are, that Biden is letting flood the border because that was his plan all along, hoping that uh, these people are going to be allowed to vote without ID. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. But we know that was the plan. He said it during his campaign speech from the bunker. I mean, there were so many things wrong in 2020, but we can't prove it. I mean, I went through the Cyber Ninja report that came out of Arizona. And it was extremely inconclusive. The best they could come up with was there were 35,000 votes questionable. Highly questionable, but they couldn't prove it because the DNC in Arizona wouldn't turn over all the information. What's the point of having a forensic audit if you can't have all the information? Nothing but the Republican, the RNC, paid them to do this, and what came out of it? Nothing. But then that seems to be the moniker in our governments today. Nothing. They talk a good game. Hell, half of them don't even talk a good game. They talk a lot. But what gets done? Nothing. And we're tolerating it. Whether you're on the left or you're on the right, why are we tolerating this bullshit? Why are we tolerating this waste of money with no results? And I'll throw in a baseball analogy. You know, the Rangers signed three guys this year. Seager, $32.5 million. Simeon, $25 million. Gray, $15 million. Three players, $72.5 million, and the owners had had enough mediocrity. Now, the baseball sites I'm on, there's plenty of bullshit debate going on, but the owners, Davis and Simpson, had enough. And I'd have loved to have been in Davis's mind when Chris Young and John Daniels walked into his office and said, we need to fire Chris Woodward. And he didn't balk. He said, fine, fire him. 
what Daniels didn't know is that he was going to be on the chopping block in two days. You spend that type of money, you expect results, not this mediocrity that we've seen so far. But they expect results for what they spent. Well, why don't we expect the same thing for people making $175,000 a year? In D.C., why aren't we just ranting and raving? Why aren't the networks ranting and raving? And that includes Fox, because they can't think that far. They won't think ahead. They've got producers telling them what to think. In fact, I got in a debate this morning with a guy I went to high school with, who it was really interesting. When we would have civil discussions in Messenger, just he and I, he was pretty straightforward about because he worked for CNN. His dad helped found CNN with Ted Turner. His dad was a journalist. But this guy, it's a whole different story. And he still won't answer my simple question of does Biden lie? He must talk about Trump lying. Well, are you saying Biden doesn't lie? He hasn't answered that question. Yet during this thread, he was knocking the guy that started it with his mem about not staying on point. And it's like, well, you're not staying on point. Answer the question. Show me a president that hasn't lied. Just one. Can you do it? Maybe George Washington. Maybe. Thomas Jefferson, perhaps, Lincoln. What about Ulysses S. Grant? Think he never lied? Teddy Roosevelt? I mean, we can go through the list of presidents. Oh, how about LBJ? Think he never lied? Clinton? Nixon? Reagan? Bush Sr. and Jr., Obama. You think none of these people ever lied? What about JFK about Marilyn Monroe? What about Eisenhower? Truman? I would probably put Truman in that category that he didn't. But as a president... You know you've got to waffle at times. You know you've got to make concessions. But this guy won't answer the question. He wants to deflect. He threw out that crap about the 30,000 lies that Trump told. Yeah, I remember seeing that list, and I went through it. And it was just a whole bunch of crap and bullshit. (laughs) Because the... I would say from what I, I probably went through 10,000 of them or five. And it was like, my God, this is all speculative bullshit. That's all it was. It just wasn't a flat out lie. It was all just, it was all BS. And I forgot the company that put it together, but what happened to them? Oh, they disbanded because it was too expensive to do it for Joe Biden. No, it wouldn't be too expensive. They would have passed 40000 right now 
Every time that man opens his mouth, it's bullshit lies. Just like his press secretary, Pasaki, she was just a redheaded bitch stepchild. And this black chick, lesbian, useless, I guess she's married to Lori Lightfoot or something. She's just, just flat out lies when she takes the podium. But remember when the left just hammered Sanders and uh, McEnany? They weren't lying. They were addressing the issues head on. I loved it when McEnany said, I don't call on activists. And Caitlin Collins looked like she just got bitch slapped over that one. But she was right. Hang on just a second. Now, the first one, was it a Spicer or something? He was an idiot. And Donald admitted he was a mistake, but he came highly recommended. But he was just a combative dumbass. That's all he was. And he it, it was just ridiculous. It's like, showtime, fire this guy. He's horrible. But, you know, if you remember, the left just hammered them. And when McEnany became it, I remember this one dumbass, Greg Everidge. I couldn't stand him. We are unfriended because he's just so left. It was just ridiculous. Trying to have an intelligent conversation with him was a waste of time. But I saved a whole lot of his comments. And when he would spout off his useless remarks, he said, remember when you said this? Well, I didn't say that. It's got your name on it. It's got the date on it. But then that's what you deal with with liberals. You actually show them what they said and they deny it. Gee, isn't that what we're seeing right now? Because we saw it just the other day. I mean, Joe Biden just folds like a cheap suit. After, and I'm going to get into a speech, but after he bashed Republicans and right-wing MAGA supporters and Trump himself. The next day, uh, Peter Ducey asked him a question. I didn't say that. What? Hell, Walter doesn't deny calling his master Dunham a dumbass. Did you really call me a dumbass yesterday, Walter? Uh, yeah, because you are. And Dunham is speaking for him. But th- this is just so ridiculous. Ridiculous. Just, oh, good God. It is pathetic. But remember those numbers that I spoke out, and people said, how'd you generate those? Well, I went to the database of those states that showed all their registered voters, and then I went and found out how many voters voted in that state for the president and did the simple division. It really wasn't that hard. But just in case you didn't hear it, Georgia, 65%. Pennsylvania, 88. Wisconsin, 88. Arizona, 78. Michigan, 68. And Nevada, 86% of registered voters voted in the general election in 2020. (coughs) Let's see how those numbers hold up. Okay. Now, if you want to call in, the number is 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. You know, 
this speech that Biden gave should have been done on 9-11 because it was a disaster. I didn't watch it live. I went to YouTube and found it. And within the first three or four minutes, I was like, did Joseph Goebbels write this speech? For those who don't remember the name, he was the propaganda minister of Nazi Germany. Because I've read enough of Hitler's speeches to start seeing similarities. And that is frightening. And the backdrop that they had of the red lights behind the Marines, and that came right out of the Third Reich. The only thing missing was the swastika flag hanging beside them. And anybody who doesn't see this is just blind. Yeah, that would be liberals that still support this, but they don't see the path going down. They just want to focus on the January 6th committee. A bunch of airhead sons of bitches that don't know what they're doing and don't care. They really think that this is all about preventing Trump from running in 2024. Well, as I have said repeatedly for the last year, I don't want him to run. Period. Do not want him to run. We need youth, not a 78-year-old, Stacy. We need youth because isn't wasn't that one of the biggest hammering points about from the right on Biden running that he's 78? Well, he's also had brain surgery and that failed. But Trump's going to be 78. I don't want someone who's 78 going to be a lame duck president. We need a youth movement. We need people like DeSantis, Gabbard, Haley. We need people in their 40s and 50s that can carry the Republican Party for the next 10 to 15 years, not four. And anybody who just wants four, you're seeing what we're getting right now. You want that? No, we don't. We need a youth movement in the Republican Party. We need people with Energy. Now, Trump has the energy, but they also know how to speak in public and they know when not to speak in public. And that is Donald's biggest fault trying to govern on Twitter and not knowing when to shut up. Yes, he speaks frankly. That was refreshing and that was good. But there comes to a point where enough is enough. Quit fighting every little battle that comes your way because you won't win the war. But that's another deal. All right. Democracy under assault by who? (coughs) Who's assaulting democracy? Uh, Let's see. In the 2000 election, there was all types of hooting and hollering because we had the hanging Chad in Florida. Remember that? And the Dems are still bitching and moaning that Al Gore had the election stolen from him. And we heard that 
for four years. And in 2016, what did we hear? Russian collusion. Trump is a puppet of Putin. The Russians put him in office. He's working for the Kremlin. That reminded me when my parents didn't were not going to vote for John F. Kennedy because they thought the Catholic Church was going to run the U.S. government. But how many years did we listen to, especially that bumbling bitch Hillary, that Trump was an illegitimate president? How many times did we hear that from the press? 2016, what were the chants in D.C.? Not my president? And the protests in D.C. and the evolution of Antifa. Remember that? Not allowing people to go to work, hanging on trains, blocking highways, going to meetings at the city level and disrupting there. You remember those videos? Probably not. What about the Kavanaugh hearing? That wasn't a hearing. That was an assassination. Or William Barr, when he finally went to that Senate hearing, and that was nothing more than a page right out of Nazi Germany where Judge Friesler was condemning and convicting all of the July 20th conspirators tried to kill Hitler. And if you remember, Barr was never allowed to answer a question. Not one. So who's attacking democracy? It's just ridiculous. And uh, what did he talk about respecting the law? Where were, where, where were they respecting the law and the riots of 20, 2020? No, they're not respecting the law. You got that bumbling knee pad bitch harassed building a fund to bail out all these people that are burning down Minneapolis and Dallas, St. Louis, LA, Seattle, Portland, Minneapolis. They're supporting it. New York City. My God, that was a war zone. Respecting and upholding the law, my ass, Joe. You know, the, the lies in this speech, just from the notes I made, are just off the wall. It's like, so, so let's go on. Uh, now, this wasn't in his speech, but he brought, yeah, it kind of was, where he talked about people can't vote because, of the you know, Georgia passed their new voting bill, Texas passed theirs, but nobody read it. I read them. Yet, I take these surveys on Publishers Clearinghouse, and I forgot the company that's doing it, but they, this survey pops up at least once a week. And they say, a lot of people weren't allowed to vote in 2012, in 2014, in 2016, in 2020. I'm like, what are y'all smoking? Who didn't vote? There was no voter suppression. So where did you come up with this? Well, that's just one of those fake BS stories from the media. Somebody started a rumor and they ran with it. 
doesn't have to be substantiated. And that was part of the discussion in this thread this morning that my buddy says that uh, these networks have rules. What rules? There hasn't been responsible journalism, and I, I, I forgot, since the 60s or 70s? What rules are you talking about? Because since 2000, it's all been made up anyway. But I read those voting bills in their entirety. There's nothing in there that says you can't vote, but they do focus on that mail-in voting and dropping off those ballots. And that's what the Dems don't like, accountability. Because <laughs> that's what it's all about. They don't want to be accountable. You know, we got Republicans that don't want to be accountable. Okay. Oh, what else? Oh, without saying it, he said it, but you had to be listening. He directly attacked the Supreme Court of the United States because of the Roe versus Wade, and they said, take it back to the states and your privacy and blah, blah, blah. That was a direct attack at the U.S. Supreme Court justices, but only a group of those justices, not the whole court. And that's why he didn't say anything when the protesters were out in front of Kavanaugh, Barrett, and Thomas's houses. That's why he didn't tell the AG to do something about it. They're sitting there in the back drinking God knows what, saying, it's it's no big deal. We, I know we got laws about harassing them, but nah, they deserve it. And that's exactly what his speech was about. They deserve it. So he attacked the Supreme Court without calling them out. But anybody who was listening heard it. Okay. And here we go with the that uh, we tried, we on the right tried to eliminate 81 million votes. Oh, what a crock of shit. No. That is not what we were trying to do. What we've been trying to do is get the mail-in ballots, mail-in ballots vetted and checked. That wasn't 81 million votes. I mean, it's the United States. We've seen close elections since 2000. We just want to make sure that all those votes were legal but you don't want us to know if they're legal and we'll never find out. Never. Unless someone actually decides to flip a coin and say, you really want to know what happened? Kind of like deep throat with Nixon. You really want to know what happened? I'll tell you all about it. You really see that person living one day if they, that was found out that they were going to flip and lay out how the Democrats did the mail-in ballots in 2019. Yeah, their life expectancy would be in front of the Clinton. 
you're dead. You'll never be heard from again. Hell, you might even find Jimmy Hoffa. How about that? But what a crock. All right, let's see. What else? Oh, and Biden brought up this moron, Judge Lutig. I watched him in the hearing. I don't know why, but I did. He was nothing but a stumbling, bumbling, rambling moron. No wonder Joe used him as a reference. They can relate. He would never answer a question directly. So quoting him, hell, you might as well quote, I don't know, Hagar from the comic strip because it would hold as much weight. Dumbass. All right. And, you know, Joe, we're a republic. As much as you don't like it, we are a republic. We have democratic ideas. We support democracy, but we are still a republic. And that means that the majority don't rule. And that's why you want to get rid of the filibuster so bad just killing you. But you know, if Harry Reid wouldn't have fired off that nuclear option and I think it was over Obamacare, would we be in this mess? No. But Reid started it and now both sides keep playing with it. That was just ridiculous. Extreme ideology. What's extreme? I think declaring war on the energy companies is extreme. I think forcing people to buy electrical vehicles that they can't afford and don't want, and over this weekend, Gavin Newsom won't let them charge, I think that's extreme. <clears throat> so what are you talking about? You don't know at all. And if making America great is extreme, then uh, I'm an extremist. And do you even know what MAGA stands for? No. Because you don't want to make America great. You want to make the Democratic Party the ruler. And all this crap of Trump being a dictator, an anarchist, a... uh, oligarch and all that crap the media has been spouting is just it. It's crap. Your party's doing it. And part of this discussion and the thread uh, this guy brought up was that uh, Biden's broken the law and the liberal said, no, he's not. Well, let's see. According to Pelosi, the only people that can forgive student debt is Congress. Just like the only one who can make immigration policy is Congress, but Obama had an executive order for DACA, and now Biden wants to eliminate student debt. I guess they haven't read the Constitution. And if they have, 
they're just ignoring the parts that they don't like. And, and that's what they do. They just ignore what they don't like and then lie about what they do like. All right. Where, where else? Oh, what riots uh, are the Republicans responsible for? And I said this on January 6th. I tweeted three times to Trump to stop this. Holding the rally on January 6th was a huge mistake. You're not going to overturn the results. Sadly, you got to let the courts do that, but the courts were going to touch it with a 10-foot pole because if you recall, there was a suit sent to the Supreme Court and they came back 9-0. to There's no standing for this. 9-0, to that means all of those hated Republican conservative judges said, we're not touching this either. But of course, the left doesn't want to talk about that. Nobody wanted to touch this. Nobody. Yeah. But, uh, you know, January 6th was a the worst coup ever, if that's what it was. And Biden, of course, the left has been hammering on, well, they attacked law enforcement. Now, whatever those people were trying to do, I'm still trying to figure out. But, uh, yes, law enforcement, especially in that tunnel, now, they were under assault trying to keep those people out. But what about the officers that let other people in? I mean, this was such, you know, Donald did a lot of good for this country. But holding that rally on the 6th was a really bad move. But he did not tell those people to storm the Capitol. And I watched those videos. Where were all those people in body armor? Where Trump was speaking, they weren't there. But they were at the Capitol. I mean, hey, the Germans, this was one of their ploys. Infiltrate, rile up, piss off. Because when you have people that emotional, it doesn't take much to light that match. And they lit it. So how many of them were paid agitators? We'll never know that unless someone comes out. But the the whole thing was a fiasco. But uh, did we burn down the Capitol like the British did the White House in 1812, 1814? No. Did we riot across cities and cause $1 to $2 billion in damage? No. And if we did, would someone please tell me what those cities were? So if you want to talk about fear-mongering and lies, look this speech up. Let's see. And he says, 
He knows the heart of Americans. You don't know jack shit, Joe, and you sure the hell don't know me. And it reminds me of that kid that confronted you <clears throat> up in the north and he was talking about you taking away his guns, and you said, I don't work for you. And that sums up Joe Biden right there. That was a union guy with a high-paying union job that Joe's always touting that he has their back. And he told him, I don't work for you. Really? Well, Listen to this, Joe. You don't know me, and you don't know my heart, and I'm a patriot, and you are nothing but a closet KKK man. You are against civil rights. You gave the eulogy for, oh, who the hell was it? His name escapes me. You supported that. You didn't want your kids growing up in a racial jungle. You didn't support bus, and you have not supported anything when it comes to civil rights, which means you don't know the heart of the country, and you sure the hell don't know mine. And don't even assume you do, you dumb-ass puppet son of a bitch. I don't... You know, I, I don't subscribe to cussing, but when I get into this stuff and someone's just boldly lying through their teeth, I am going to get a little disturbed about it. But if, you know, Jeff, you, you don't know jack shit, but as I did at Dunstan's last night, there's a video on YouTube, and I highly recommend that you look it up, and maybe you'll learn something. Because Patty and Jerry and Kay and Dale and Stacy are like, there's what? And, and Doug. That there's a video on this, and I said, as a matter of fact, there is. And I pulled it up, and they're going, oh, my Lord. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, when it came to violence, who was supporting violence during Trump? Maxine Waters. If you see them, you get them. You go after them. You let them know we don't like you and you're not wanted here. Remember in Sarah Huckabee? Wouldn't be served at a restaurant. I think it was in Maryland. Because there are a bunch of Democratic masks. Who was violence? The Democratic Party. Who was accountable? No one. But Joe said we're inciting violence. My ass. You're the party that incites violence. And, you know, this was not a speech for the American people. This was a campaign speech. <clears throat> Who paid for that? We did. But it was okay. Do you, do you hear the media jumping down Biden's throat for this? No. But remember, when Trump got tired of answering all the questions on COVID, he put together a timeline 
for the media to see and what he did and when he did it and all the dates. Do you remember that? And did the media talk about how precise it was and how informative and factual it was? No. They all went ape shit about, well, that's nothing but a campaign presentation that you did on the back of the taxpayers. Do you remember that? Well, what was this September 1st speech? But Joe didn't have any facts. Trump had all the facts of how he dealt with COVID. The hypocrisy of the press is just off the walls. It's ridiculous. All right. Yeah, this is what I got out of this speech. And he says, COVID no longer controls our lives. It should have never controlled them in the first place. But you on the left, (laughs) with no scientific data, shut down the country. And even Donald has said that was a huge mistake. He should have never let them convince him. Fauci lied the whole time. He's still lying. I don't care that he's retiring. He will never be held accountable for all the damage he did to this country with his pseudoscience bullshit. But now it's all coming out. There was a bunch of crap and it did nothing to slow or prevent the spread because we still have it. And we are still averaging 728,000 cases a week. How do I know? Because I walk, I track it every week and I post it on Facebook. <coughs> Joe hasn't defeated COVID. It's taken out all of those with comorbidities that got it. That's why over a million people have died. We're averaging about 2,200 a week in mortalities if the numbers are right. But I still want to know why this bomb went off in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey. Uh, what else is in there? Not Maryland or Delaware. Pennsylvania. But uh, it's, it doesn't matter. No one ever really looked into why that bomb went off in that area, especially in New York City. And they did have freezer uh, box trucks out there because they lost 35,000 people real fast. But Joe has done nothing to win. He hasn't defeated COVID. No one has. And as we heard from Dr. Burks or Bricks, whatever his name is, her name is, we knew the vaccines wouldn't work. But we spent $5 trillion fighting it. How do we get that money back? And when are those people going to pay back those low-interest loans for the COVID relief? Because that's a majority of it. And one of the colleges, the 1,500 colleges that got money going to pay that back? Because our campuses weren't open, but they didn't drop their tuition rates. And students were still in school having to do it from home on their computers. When do we get that money back? 
When do we get, and that's about $4 trillion, when do we get all that back? Who is going to be accountable on that score? No one, of course. No accountability. All right. Of the burn pits. Now, if you've listened to this broadcast, you know I had Colonel Smith on last summer, and we talked about this. The soldiers that go to burn pits are told to wear protective gear, but they're not forced to. Well, if you don't want to wear it, there's a lot of toxic uh, chemicals that are burning that you're going to be breathing in. Because Joe said that that's what killed his son who served in Kosovo with no proof. Oh, who needs proof? Now, Colonel Smith had said, yeah, in Iraq, Afghanistan, there were some big ones. But you have gear to wear. You got to remember, you know, it's 110, 115 degrees and it's not comfortable. Well, you want to be uncomfortable or do you want to die and breathe in hazardous materials? You have a choice. You choose wisely, you're okay. You choose poorly, you're going to pay for it down the road. All right. And why did he bring up the white supremacist and radicals? Uh, I don't know any. And I don't know what their policies are, but apparently Joe does. Because Joe was a white supremacist and has been the majority of his career. So I guess he would know what their platform is since he <coughs> subscribed to the KKK. And it wasn't Strom Thurmond that he gave the, oh, Bird. It was Bird. That's it. Senator Bird. He gave the eulogy. He was a card carrying member of the KKK. But then, you know, the Democrats created the Ku Klux Klan. That was their weapon against the blacks to vote. Huh. Give that history lesson to someone and see what they say, and they'll probably lose their mind. So I don't. Does anyone out there know what the platform of the white supremacists and radicals is? I don't. I know what the MAGA platform is. Make America great again. I guess that's a radical idea. Uh, Roosevelt made the country great again. Truman and Eisenhower did. Reagan definitely did. But those are foreign ideas to Joe because uh, he's just a pawn of anyone who will pay him money, especially China. Throw the Ukraine in there with his son, Hunter. There's your corruption. You think anything is going to come out of that? No. Think anyone's going to be accountable? No. What else did this idiot say? Oh. Oh, I'm saving that for last. But, uh, you know, you heard that applause 
I was trying to figure out, well, did they import those people from audiences from The View, Bill Maurer, and Stephen Kober? Because they were just seals clapping because they were going to get fed something after the speech. It was pathetic, and this was this was nothing more than a political rally. All right. Oh, he's going to end cancer. He said it again. He is going to end cancer. So, folks, if you develop cancer after 2024, then you are hereby allowed to sue Joe Biden personally for a false statement. And I think people should start lining up their attorneys and getting ready to file suit because he said he's going to cure cancer. This is not the first time and it won't be the last time. So if he doesn't cure it, then he and all of his colleagues are going to pick up all of your bills because he didn't do what he said he would do because he won't be accountable for what he did because he did nothing. So you put that in the bank and you mark your calendar that if you develop cancer after he gets out of office, you can personally sue him because he didn't do his job. Isn't that the way lawyers work today? Remember that. I'll, I will. If I develop cancer, I'm going to sue son of a bitch. You didn't cure it. You lied. All right. Where else are we? He's going to, you don't have a clue. Yeah, he doesn't know what we believe in. But, you know, I'd really like to know what drugs they are pumping into him for him to get up there and make these speeches. Because this is not right. I mean, even in Hitler's later years, he had a doctor that was giving him all types of injections to keep him going. This is not a good thing. And I don't like to speculate on that, but, uh, how can you make a speech like that and then the next day deny you said it? But you know, the best part of the whole fiasco was in the past when a president is giving a speech, they come out by themselves. They don't need to be escorted. Well, Jill, and if you think I'm going to call her doctor, you're sadly mistaken. She's a doctor of dumbassery, if anything. She had to walk him to the podium. Why? Well, when he finished his speech, he looked to his right. He looked to his left. He looked to his right. He looked lost again. Well, here comes the seeing-eyed dog, Jill. And then they were mugging up there for like 10 seconds. What the hell was that about? He was afraid to leave the podium because he knew he'd get lost. And she is nothing but a seen eye dog. What did I call her? Oh, and Walter walks off into the sun with the seen eye doctor. Maybe she should have been an optometrist or ophthalmologist because she never knew that in her later years, she would have to escort her husband so he doesn't get lost. So I thought that was epic at the end. 
the man doesn't know where to go. And that just sums up his whole presidency. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know where to go. And he sure the hell doesn't know what to say on his own. Because what does he usually say? Oh, I'm going to get in trouble if I say this. My people are going to be upset if I say this. So that is my take on bumbling Biden's bullshit speech. It wasn't a speech. It was just a rant. Okay. Damn. It just and it's not getting better. But we sure the hell don't want me, Pad Kamala, in there. We think it's bad under this guy. It'd be a disaster. All right. I think po- politically that kind of sums it up. So let's get into some sports here. Because I know some of the listeners, they, they enjoy the political discussion, don't give a damn about sports, and some enjoy the sports and would probably wish I didn't concentrate so much on politics. But uh, <clears throat> football season has started. Oklahoma State played their first game, and there was great rejoicing, my ass. They played Central Michigan High School, Okay. They won 58 to 44. So on the surface, well, that's pretty impressive. Uh, no, it is not. This is a division two, three, like I said, high school. These are the stats of the game. I had to look it up, and, and it's appalling. Total yards. The first number I read will be Central Michigan, the second one, OSU. 546 to 531. First downs, 31 to 28. Third down conversions, 4 of 15, 3 of 12. Plays, 88 to 73. Punts, 5 to 6. Time of possession, 26 to 32 minutes. OSU didn't lead in any of these categories. Their defense and offense collapsed in the second half. I remember getting a message from the fact. Let me look it up real quick. If I can. I'd forgotten they were playing because I was watching the Rangers. And I get a message. And, yeah, here it is. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. I think it was like 37 to, I just, but it was like 37 to seven or 32 to seven, something like that. And the final is 54, 58 to 44. OSU left their starters in. If this is any indication of how this season is going to go. And OSU is ranked number 12. 
they're going to fall. This is nothing to crow about. They should have annihilated this team. <sighs> annihilated them. And they didn't. This is going to shape up to be a very long year. And if they don't have a really good year, then Mike Gundy needs to find something else to do. He has done, you know, he's done a lot of good for the university. He has been their longest tiered, longest tenured coach in forever. But change happens. And OSU is getting to that point of change, just like the Rangers. The owners knew it was time for change. And they did it by firing John Daniels and Chris Woodward. I mean, with Woodward, I was a fan of when he started because I wanted to give the devil his due. But the longer he went, the worse it got. With Daniels, he did some good things for the Rangers. I can't take that away from him. But he got set. And he settled in. And he settled for mediocrity. And the owner said, enough is enough. I see the same thing with Oklahoma State. <clears throat> if Gundy doesn't really kick it up and this team dramatically improve, it's time for change, especially with OU and Texas leaving after this year. I mean... That's one thing that OSU will never say is that they beat the best by winning out in the Big 12. They could have done it last year, but they couldn't beat Baylor. But that's always been the story with Oklahoma State. Gundy gets nervous in the big games, and we've seen it for over a decade. I mean, against OSU, there were like six or seven years. They had the lead going into the final minutes of the fourth quarter and lost because they just couldn't rise to the occasion. But I want to talk about that. Now, the Texas Rangers, they're on right now, and they are losing one to nothing in the top of the second. These next five weeks, I'm going to lose my bet with Wes of 80 wins and 82 losses because I looked at it today, and they would have to play, have a winning percentage of 70% with their remaining 32 games, I think it is, 31. I don't see that happening because – Beasley is going to run out everyone that they see potential with in these next five weeks. And this is going to be their time to shine and be invited to spring training this year. And if you don't shine, you're not coming back. If you show potential, you'll be invited. But – 
when they decide who's going to be, because Davis has to hire a president now, and they've got to come up with a manager. And I'm not convinced Chris Young is going to remain the GM, but he could, you know, they couldn't fire the president, the GM, and the manager all in one shot because now you have a rudderless ship. So someone had to stay at the helm. And right now that's young. That doesn't mean his position is solidified. He's got a whole lot of work to do. Beasley, if he wants the managerial job, he's got a lot of work to do. Now, he knows the team, but was he infected by Woodward and Daniels and this analytical bullshit that just keeps infecting employees? Or can he actually evaluate players on their own? This is the big question. Can you evaluate players without a computer? A computer is helpful. I'm not completely dismissive of that. But you, the computer doesn't watch them play. You see their stats, but, uh, you know, Jim Leland, when he managed, was asked, how do you know when it's time to pull a pitcher? And he goes, by watching them. Oh, you don't have a pitch count? No. You don't have a spreadsheet on them? No. I can tell from the first pitch if he's going to have a good day or not. I know if I need to pull him in the first inning or if he's going to go nine innings because I watch my players. And I'm not going to call that old school. I'm going to call that intelligence and getting to know your players and knowing what they can and cannot do and what positions to put them in. Now, So Beasley, <clears throat> his hands are full. He's got a whole lot of people to look at and make notes and sit down with management the day after this season ends and say, here is my bid to be the manager. Here's what I think of these players. This is who we should keep. This is who should go. He has a lot to do. And since I was a coach, I got to know my players. And not from a stat sheet, by watching them and encouraging them and helping them excel in the areas they were good at and not asking them to do something they were totally incapable of. My youngest son could steal bases like the wind. So he was told to steal bases. Well, I couldn't expect that out of the kid Blake that played right field. He didn't have the speed. Sean had the speed. So you have to identify what your players are good at. Bubba Thompson is a speedster. Does that mean he's going to be a great outfielder in center field? I still like Eli White. But a lot of this is going to be handled in the offseason, and they're going to have one hell of a spring training. You know, we listened and the media and a lot of the fans bought this bullshit because the season backed up that uh, this new coaching staff really didn't try and force their will on the players. And they just wanted to get along and go along and they would slowly work in and they'd buy in. Well, the players didn't buy in the coaches didn't work and it's been a disastrous season and that's it. 
I don't care when it is. You're given that role. Yes, you've got to look to see what you have. But you better have a plan up here. Because I have worked for companies where I didn't know anybody. But once I got into it, I threw myself into it. And I didn't wait for them to catch on. I didn't tell them how to do their job per se. I showed them how to organize their workload because that's my big, that's my forte, my, my strong suit is organization. But I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. I'm going to show you how to do it better and how we're going to get more productivity out of these crews. And that's what a manager does. And that's what whoever gets the reins for the Rangers that's the approach. I mean, look at Buck Showalter with the Mets now. Every place he goes, he excels. He succeeds, except with Texas. But he's a winner. He got the Orioles almost to the World Series. And the way it's going right now, the Mets are definitely heading to the playoffs. But the the Rangers, these next five weeks, it's let's basically see what you have because this is an improvised spring training. We're not going anywhere. We're not setting the world on fire because we burned ourselves up. But I'm still going to watch it because I'm a fan of baseball. Yeah, I get frustrated. I get irritated but I still love the game. And it's like right now, who's going to the World Series? Well, I don't know. Do you know? Nobody knows. Not yet. We won't know until it happens. But here are the rankings right now. The Yankees have led their division all year. And they have hit, oh, good Lord. Even though Judge has hit 50 home runs, one man cannot carry a team. They are skidding. They are hitting, having a slump at the wrong time. They're only five games up right now. They have lost a tremendous amount of ground. If they don't turn things around, they won't win their division, but they will still be going to the playoffs. They just won't win the division. But right now, it's the Yanks, the Astros, and the Indians. I'm not calling them the Guardians. Don't like that? Go away. But in the Indians, the Twins are right behind them. Some The winner of that American League Central is going to the playoffs, and that's it. No one else below them has a chance because of the records of the Rays, the, Mar- the Mariners, the Jays, and maybe even the O's. So if you're in the American League Central, it's between the Indians and the White Sox. Someone's just going to – I mean, the White Sox and the – the Indians and the Twins, you just got to win it outright because second place, you ain't going anywhere. And the National League, the Mets are hanging. They're they're trying to hold the Braves off. They got a three-game lead on them. I've got a friend who uh, I met him in college, Phil Hirsch. He's from New York. He's a big Mets fan. So we get to banner back and forth, and I get his take on what's going on. And every once in a while, he'll tell me to, 
be quiet. Don't jinx it. It's like, okay, Phil, I won't. But I'd love to see the Mets in the playoffs. Boy, the Braves are nipping at their heels. The Cards, they've won theirs, no doubt. They're going. The Dodgers have won theirs. That's a done deal. So the other two wild cards are the Phillies, and damned if I can read my handwriting. That is pathetic. Padres. And I'm so glad that it's not the Giants because I talked about this a while back. Three weeks ago, those idiots on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, Ravage, uh, Eduardo Perez, and, uh, oh, damn, who's the pitcher from old Yankees pitcher? It'll come to me. But they were all talking about the Giants and what a dangerous team they are and they're going to get in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. It's like, what is your love with the Giants? Because they are sinking like the Titanic rapidly. They're not going anywhere. And I, and I could not believe the bullshit that was spouting out of their mouths about the San Francisco Giants. Why? Because they're queer and all that. and They're liberal. And you all support that, and you all probably voted for Biden. But they were just in love with the Giants. And they're so far out of it, it's just ridiculous. But then when you don't want to be analytical about it, it doesn't matter. You just keep ranting and raving and ranting and raving and hope your wishes come true. Well, they're not. Eduardo and Carl, it ain't. Okay. The last thing was the Little League World Series. If you didn't watch it, I can understand that because, you know, it's Little League. But this year, that team out of Hawaii was a steamroller. It reminded me of the Nebraska football teams of the seventies and go back to the New York Yankees of the thirties and four of the twenties and thirties where they were unstoppable. I mean, that team, they didn't just win the whole thing. They dominated every game. And as many years as I've been watching, I had never seen a team that complete and they were they were just no one's touching them no one's beating them but it was still fun to watch i just don't like the way espn has taken our abc started televising the little league world series decades ago but at least they stayed with the game espn it's all about them it's all about them And I can't stand that. Now, broadcasters need to be like umpires. Invisible. We don't need to be focused on you. We want to focus on the game. And as of right now, it is the bottom of the second and the Red Sox are still up one to nothing and Santana is pitching because they said this was going to be a bullpen day. Okay. 
So be it. Well, how about that? Hour and 45 minutes. This has been fun. I didn't think I could rent rave that long. And I'm sure some of you out there are like, my God, does that man ever shut the hell up? <sighs> well, I do when I'm watching baseball, but I don't want someone is needling me about Trump, Stacy. This has been a lot of fun. But we need subscribers. And we need to get this as a two-hour broadcast every other week. And then we can go to every week. But it's it's up to you listeners. You know, I told you the subscription rates, I'll do it again. Starts at $2.99, goes to $49.99. And the difference is how you value the content. That's it. You know, buy my books on Amazon. And uh, I'm also doing breast cancer presentations directed at women. I did one with Dr. Nikisha McDaniel-Connor about two months ago. Uh, No, it was longer than that. It was back in May, I think. Well, we're going to be doing one in October because that's Breast Cancer Month. And I talk about my relationship and what I went through with losing someone to breast cancer. I mean, when Debbie and I got back together, she told me she was on the tail end of the treatments. And then it came back. And when I finished my presentation, then Dr. McDaniel comes on and she has these products that she sells from doTERRA to maintain healthy, maintain breast health. They have a lot of essential oils that she sells and it can help prevent it. And it's, I think our deal lasted, uh, maybe 30 minutes at the most. I mean, just the content itself. So it's not a long presentation, but it is powerful. And it ties in. I mean, sadly, I've lost three people to cancer. A partner, my dad, and Debbie. But uh, I actually have a clip of that on my LinkedIn page, Jeff Dawson, that you can look up. So I've got the management seminars, got the breast cancer presentations, got this radio show, got my books on Amazon. There's plenty of ways to generate revenue, but I really want to get this to where we can do this at least, you know, we're doing it twice a month, but they've got another show that has filled the slot behind me that's so we won't be going two hours after this unless somebody drops out. But it's all about the content and how much you appreciate it, how much you like it, how much you want to support it. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your in-laws, your outlaws, just anybody. And we can make this 
a bigger show than it is right now. And I hate using the word show when I've talked about that multiple times. I look at it as a broadcast because I'm not really here. I guess I do entertain at times, but I just want to pass on information to like-minded people that don't necessarily just agree with me, but will take what I say and do their own research to say, does he really know what he's talking about? Or is he just bullshitting me? And that was part of the discussion at dinner last night is, well, what news station do I listen to? And I just tap my head. Well, where do you get that? Well, I'll watch five minutes of several of the networks. I'll read articles and then I'll make an educated decision on what I think about the topic at hand. I am not a a subscriber to Knee-Jerkpedia. I know a lot of people that are that, well, I heard, well, who who told you? Well, it's got to be true. No, it doesn't. It was just like the Mueller report. My friends wanted me to comment on it before I read it. How can I do that? And until I read the whole thing, we didn't discuss it. Now, some of my buddies, Bears was one of them, they would discuss it, but they were basing that off what they'd heard on the news. And I didn't pay any attention to the news. When I finished reading the report, I made my notes, and then we discussed it. And my notes were a hell of a lot different than the network's notes. Because I read it all, just like the voting bills. I read complete. I read HR1 complete. Because the only way to be educated is to have an open mind, clear away the crap, and read what's there. And then you can make a decision. I don't need somebody else telling me what to believe I just read. Well, I just read it, and I don't agree with the damn thing that you just said. So what part did you read? Did you just cherry pick like a lot of people do the Bible just to support a position? We see that all the time. You see it on Facebook all the time and Twitter. One person posts some, posts a verse from the Bible, said, there, that's the word of God. And then somebody posts something else, said, well, that's just the opposite. There's too much of that today. But everybody wants instant information, and they don't care if they're right or wrong. I want to be right. I want to be fully informed. And then if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And someone can call me out, and that's okay. I don't care. Because nobody knows everything. And someone who thinks they do needs to go watch that video and meet the Jack Shit family. And then they might know Jack Shit. Maybe. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. You all have a great Labor Day weekend. Be safe. Have fun. Patty, I hope I wasn't too hard on you. Stacy, I enjoyed last night. It was fun, but really enjoyed your folks more. Y'all be safe. Enjoy the Labor Day weekend. And I will talk to you all in two weeks. Dawson out. (laughs) 
I hope you enjoyed our time together. I know I did. Without you wonderful listeners, this show would not be possible. If you want to know more about me and how my brain works, that's a scary thought. Check out my books at jeffdawsononamazon.com, websites, LDDJ Enterprises, and jeffdawsonauthor.site for upcoming releases and teaser excerpts from past and present publications. You can also contact me at Facebook, LDDJ Enterprises Publishing, or email LDDJ Enterprises at gmail.com or on Twitter at JeffDawson59. Have a great week and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Dawson's Domain.